Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. I'll tell you one uh, quick story before I get into the word. The Giant Killers Mission Community have their frontier in uh, Chito, Chito community, where they are reaching this wonderful school that was set up by Olive Kajubo in, in the rural area. They've set up uh, uh, the, a library for the school. They are doing now water, sending water up to the tanks because the girls used to go down to the well to get water for bathing. And how many of you know lots of things go on when girls go to the well? Uh, and so they, they ins they're installing pumping, pumping the water from the well all the way to the school and into overhead tanks so that water can be, they can have water the whole time. This is a missional community. That's a frontier. And so they discovered that some of the kids who are in day school in the village were starting to get married off early. You know, like teenagers, so they get pregnant and then they are forced into marriage. So they went with the police and called for an LC council meeting, giant killers, and gave it to the village and got these two pregnant girls back into class. And now the whole village knows, don't touch a giant killer's girl. Because you don't know which kadukuru you're going to end up in and how long it will take for you to come out. That's what I mean by transformation. Amen, friends. So when we tell you to join a missional community, that's what we are talking about. It's not going for a Bible study. You can read that in your room. But you get to be a part of incredible stories that God is doing in people's lives. Amen. How can you believe those people in Chito? They now know the girls that go to that school, no pregnancy, no marriage until they finish because they have some powerful friends called giant killers. If they kill giants, what about you? Awesome. So today we are, talking, we are continuing in our series. This is Sunday 3, yeah? Talking about our loving father. Our loving father. Exploring daddy's endless love. And today we get to share from one of my favorite scriptures in Ephesians 2, verses 1 to 10. Now, even as we talk, this is the main point I'll be trying to reiterate. That our father brought us in drew us close, gave us purpose, and shows us off. I know uh, a couple of mothers, one of them is here, I will not point her out, who have adopted children. And uh, the thing about adoption, unlike natural birth, is it's, even natural birth is a choice, yeah? Yeah, like you choose, but sometimes natural birth is not a choice. Some people think they have closed the program and oops, Kamara. <coughs> uh, you think you, pro you close the program and they're like, honey, I uh, think uh, we're expecting. What are we expecting? You know, <laughs> like I thought that program is closed. 
But when it comes to adoption, it is a pure choice. Pure choice. So you, the, the love of an adoptive parent is so much more like God's kind of love than the love of a natural parent. Because with natural birth, you don't have a choice. Those are your children. Uh, uh, walks like a duck, quacks like a duck. is a duck. But adoption, you choose. You choose. You, you choose the disruption to come into your life of another person. And moreover, another person who is supposed to be someone else's responsibility. And uh, maybe that someone else hasn't picked up the responsibility. And you choose and say, I am going to bring this person in. And with adoption, you do not bring the person in and then you treat them like different from those who were born in the house. You get what I'm saying? Like it's not those things of someone's parents have died, then they distribute the kids among the aunties. And then the person is treated like a second-class citizen in the home. That's not adoption. That's, that's uh, like caretaking. Yeah. Why are people quiet? <laughs> You're following. That's the sign, eh? Thank you. <laughs> uh, I think that people are quiet because they went through this. You know, like when they are doing the shopping lists, other people's shopping lists are different from yours. And uh, it is what it is, okay? But with adoption, it is the same shopping list. It's the same level of access. So our father adopted us. That's what it says in Ephesians chapter 1, that he has adopted us. He has, you know, the devil's point is to make the whole earth one big orphanage of people who are alienated from our father God. But God has sent his son, Jesus Christ. And by him, we are adopted into the family of God and when we are brought in, not only do we come in and are treated like second class citizens, we are treated like the children born in the home. And guess who it is that was born in the home? Jesus. Begotten and not made. So for us, when we are adopted, then we are given the same status as Jesus. That's why he says we are joint heirs. It means that everything he has access to we have access to. So he brought us in, he drew us close, and then he gave us purpose. He gave us purpose. We don't just exist. You know, there's two kinds of life when we talk about life in Greek. There's uh, bios and zoe. Uh, zoe is a kind of life. It's God's kind of life. A purpose-driven kind of life. Bios is cells. You know, like cells. Yeah, biological life. That's where we get the word bios from. Like cabbages have cells, you also have cells. So, do the math. Okay, that's bios. So, he brought us in, drew us close, gave us purpose, and he shows us off. Now, you may not yet be feeling this, but once we get into the scriptures, you'll understand. Let's read Ephesians chapter 2. Let's read verse 1 to 3. It says, And you, he made a life where dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit 
who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we are by nature children of wrath, just as the others. All right? Uh, by the way, don't worry, we'll soon find a solution to this projection thing. Uh, I just realized it's just, you can hardly see. So, once upon a time, 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 that's the appropriate response. <laughs> Too many adults in the house. Lord, where are the children? Once upon a time, So we were spiritually dead. We were spiritually dead. We were not alive. You see, people who don't know Jesus are spiritually dead. And you might be here and you don't know Jesus. And I know it sounds bad, but it's the truth. And I can't run away from it. You are spiritually dead. And you can be made alive. Now, for those of us who are in Christ, once upon a time we were spiritually dead. And because of that, we walked according to the dictates of this world, obeying the devil. We fulfilled the desires of the flesh and of the mind, enslaved to whatever we wanted. You see what he says, that, that we were fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind. You people, this is serious. Like, can you imagine being there? Anything your flesh wants, you do not have the control to stop it. You just give. You people, life outside of Christ is too dangerous, too painful, and too unpredictable. That's why we are doing the one campaign. Because I think people need Jesus. People need Jesus. Look at that state. Actually, let me go back and you read it for yourself. He says, in which you once walked according to the course of this world. Obeying natural laws like animals. You know, some of us grew up in the village and there is a way in which the love relationships between chicken. You just be there and the cock starts chasing. <coughs> One of the hens. pursuing, and then they don't even find some private space. <laughs> now, that's how some human beings live, like chicken. Male species identifies female species, starts chasing. Without first considering, do I have vows I made to someone? I'm telling you, it's painful. It's painful to be there and you are in bios life. You just respond to your, uh, what are those things called? Oh, hormones. When hormones call, you respond. When enzymes call, you respond. When juices call, you respond. That's the natural life. And since we were like that, walking according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience among whom also we once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh. Can you imagine conducting yourself in the lust of your flesh? Oringa conductor, lust of the flesh, lust of the flesh. 
says fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. That's who we once were. We were by nature children of wrath. In other words, God's appropriate response to that should have been wrath. But God did not respond like that to us. God does not respond like that to sinners. That's how God should have responded to sinners, but instead he sent his only begotten son that whoever believes should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 16 of John chapter 3 and in 17 says that for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that through him the world should be saved. There is no condemnation. If you feel any condemnation it's not from Jesus. It's not from Jesus. Our loving father. That's who we were. We were rebels. We were Basically, moving opposite God's purposes, but God did not respond to us the way we deserved. Instead, he responded differently. He says here, for when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Any day you feel a little bit ungodly, or a lot ungodly, remember, you're the one Christ died for. I'm telling you, understanding grace will make the devil weep because every time he comes to accuse you, he finds that you already know that you are beyond accusation. Child of God, I can tell you, you're beyond accusation. The devil is the accuser of the brethren who accuse them day and night before our father. But I can tell you, it ain't going to work with you because you know how much you are loved. He says, Christ said, for, for scarcely for a righteous man, one would die, yet perhaps a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Oh. Mm. Still sinners, Christ died for us. Mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. Let, 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 let's go into how God responded. He says, so remember uh, how, how we ended the last verse before this one? Not, not the one in italics, the other one. He says, we were by nature children of wrath. In other words, God's appropriate response should have been smack them, smack them, shoot them, grenade uh, them, oh, uh, mutter them, you know, like uh, yeah, that should have been God's appropriate response. Some of you don't watch movies, so you can't relate to what I'm doing. Hmm? You only watch NTV at night. Now, but see how God responded. He says, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. God, but God responded differently. God responded differently to you. Yes, yes. God is still responding up to now differently. You see that? 
He says, but God, we are children of wrath. We deserved punishment. We deserved punishment. Everyone in this room knows their pile of sins. Past, present, and planned. Yeah, I'm telling you, some sins just don't happen. People put serious planning into them and even budget. Mm. Some people budget for sin. Like, you fly there, then you do this. You, you get what I'm saying? But God, I can't sit anymore. But God, <laughs> but God, who is what? Rich in mercy. Rich in mercy. Mercy, mercy is compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish all harm. Do you remember one of those significant days when you did something wrong? Mm. The other day we met and we had, everyone was telling a childhood memory. Half of the people, the childhood memory involved some serious beating. Like they remember. People in their late 30s and 40s remember that day when they were caught. Mm. 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 Noah took his mother's car to school. Can you imagine? And he was caught. My God. Mm. Mm -mm. And for the, all of them, for most of them, some people's different stories were different. They remember because there was not abundance of mercy. <laughs> there was no abundance of mercy. Like, like, no mercy tomorrow. Today you not need to learn a lesson. But God, he says, he is what? Rich. Rich in mercy. He is rich. He is abounding. Loaded. Dripping. With mercy. Now you all understand that mercy is unnecessary for a person who hasn't done anything wrong. If you got it right, you don't need mercy. Absolutely none. Wash the dishes, cut the grass, keep the curfew. Don't watch the TV. You don't need mercy. <laughs> mercy is necessary for those who have botched it. And I can guarantee you, I look across this room and it is full of botchers. <laughs> Different degrees of botching. For some, it is little, little things. But with God, you're still botched it. Others, qualifies for the Chitukutwe uh, post. You know, it should be in the news. Some people's budget, other people's budget, it never made it in the news because you concealed it carefully. It is well hidden, but you know it. And it perhaps disturbs you. That's why James writes in chapter 5 verse 16 and says, confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. There are some things you're carrying that, that you need to tell someone. Say, you know what? 
in the year XYZ ETC. And I don't want you to have any more power over me. Why do you do that? Because you know that there is grace. Abundance of grace. It says God who is rich, abounding, loaded, dripping with mercy. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. We serve a merciful God. Our Father is rich in mercy. And then you say, why is he rich in mercy? What is it that drives God's mercy? Is it our sorry state? Yeah? Is it the abundance of confessions from us? Because some people will say, the only way you can activate God's grace and mercy, you must confess every sin. I say nay. Follow and behold, if thou become sin conscious, thou shalt perform even more efficiently therein. But he says God is rich in mercy. But what drives his mercy? It's right there. It's because of his great love with which he loved us. Mm. God is not merciful to you because you're like, I'm sorry, Lord, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Because of his great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ, for by grace we've been saved. Now, I want you to think about it. This is very telling, because, complete that, read that sentence properly. It says, he's rich in mercy, and his mercy is driven by his great love, and his great love is not anonymous. It is the great love with which he loved us. You see, I can be a loving person, but I may not be directing that love towards Evelyn. Everyone says, man, Moses is such a loving guy. And Evelyn's experience is different. Like, really? I wish. What I've experienced is a bit different. No, 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 no. So there are people who are loving, but they are not loving towards you. Maybe they are loving towards other people. There are people who are generous, but they are not generous towards you. There are people who are kind, but they have not necessarily been kind towards you. But this God, the love we're talking about, is, is, he eliminates any doubt as to what we're talking about. He says, because of his great love with which he loved us. Mm. Mm, you see that? It's one thing to say Noah has money. It's another thing to say Noah has money. He gives it to me. <laughs> Now you are experiencing Noah's money. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because of his great love with which he loved. In other words, God's love is not just potential. It is kinetic toward us. Because of his kinetic great love, which is flowing towards Mose. Look, you, you can go home if you don't want to believe this, but I can tell you, I know for sure. There is a God in heaven who's mad about me. He can't help himself. He, he sent his only son to die. So really, that's too much an investment for him to withhold anything more. Mm. Mm -mm. You know, this is the verse of focus. This verse just gets worse and worse in a good way. Oh, worse. Hmm? Waswa. <laughs> Kakari, 
He's rich in mercy. Why? Because of his great love with which he loved us. Then he states the, the, the condition in which we were <laughs> when he was unleashing this reckless love. What's the condition? Even when <laughs> we were dead in trespasses. Even when we were dead in trespasses. God didn't love you because you started coming to church. No. When you were not coming to church, he loved you with a great love. When you were messing up out there, he loved you with a great love. When you were not reading your Bible or praying for 30 minutes a day, he loved you with a great love. When you were not participating in what the life which begins tomorrow, which is going to involve fasting. By the way, the announcer didn't tell you that. We are fasting. If you don't know what to do, there is a short book called Fasting Simplified. It will show you. But largely, it deals food. <laughs> he still loves us. Whether you participate in what alive or not, he loves you. With a great love. God is love. Amen. God doesn't love you because you're lovely. He loves you because he is love. Just like water is wet, fire is hot, sugar is sweet, God is love. If you taste it and it's not sweet, it's not sugar. If you touch it and it's not hot, it's not fire. If you bathe it and you don't get wet, it's not water. If you come into the experience and it wasn't love, it was not God. The God of heaven is love. That's his name. And because of this kind of love, any kind of state in which you are, his love to you is constant. A hundred percent. When you're getting it right and when you're messing up, it's just the same. There's nothing you'll ever do to get God to love you less. There's nothing you'll ever do to get God to love you more because his love to you is constant and has been since eternity. He says because of his great love with you, even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace we have been saved. I'm saying that our father brought us in. He drew us close. Gave us purpose. And this shows us off. He says he raised us up together. And made us sit together. In the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Think about that. He just didn't bring us in. He gave us the high place. He brought us in to sit together. Did you see that? He said sit together in the heavenly places in Christ. You see the body, uh, Christ is the head and we are the body, right? How many of you know the head can't sit without the body? The head can't sit without the body. Some people's interpretation of this is that there is a throne on which Christ is seated and we are somehow around it. No, we are there. 
That's why it says, come to the throne of grace. It doesn't say, come before the throne of grace. Come to, to, come, sit down. Your body of Christ. That's how you're able to exercise your authority. When you pray in the name of Jesus, what it, that's what it means. It's not adding the name of Jesus at the end of your prayers. It's to know that you are in the same position as the person who has given you the authority. I don't know whether you guys are getting it. He says he raised us up together, made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. Now, this may sound super heretical to some of you, but guess who else is seated at the right hand of the Father? That's why you don't need an intermediary to talk to God. <laughs> I wish I could convince you how much God loves you, brought you in. You're not far from God. Your distance from God is in your mind. Because he says, he who joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. You're one with Christ. One with Christ. Well, if Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father, you're there. That's why he says, seated together in the heavenly places in Christ. So wherever Christ is seated, that's where we are. If you say that the, 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 the thing is in my pocket, it means wherever my pocket is, that's where the thing is. This is a deliverance service, by the way. Some of you think you're weird. seen as what? 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 You can't be seated there. You're the righteousness of God. It took him to first make you the righteousness of God for you to sit there comfortably. When you're so sin conscious, you cannot operate this, the kind of things we are talking about. You cannot operate the kind of authority we are talking about. Because you always see yourself as less as less than what God sees you to be. You see, these apostles, when they, they brought them before the Sanhedrin, the Bible says in Acts chapter 4, verse 13, it says, when they saw that these were untrained and uneducated men, and they heard the things they were saying, and they saw the miracles they were doing, they were like, they knew they had been with Jesus. Do you know you are with Jesus? He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Where you are, he is. It's a matter of perspective. That's when you pray, you don't need to go into some... Let me tell you a trick you probably don't know. You can always be with God consciously, instantly, anytime you decide. You just close your eyes like this and he's there. Because you immediately start thinking about him consciously. He's always with you but you're not conscious of it. But you can always create consciousness of him instantly by just cutting off the world around you. Amen. You guys. Made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ. See what he says. That in the ages to come <laughs> he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Too much English. Why? It's too much. Even the English 
Bible can't tell it properly. Exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. And you get out of this room and you start saying that God is not for you or that he's after you or that he wants to punish you for something. How? The last person God wants to punish is you. <laughs> Why? Because he punished his son Jesus Christ instead of you. If he starts punishing you, it's called double jeopardy. He's out, he's out of the order. God is out of order if he punishes you. He's completely out of order. She usually gets this quiet when I'm... Our, our, our deliverance sessions are not loud like some other places. They are quiet. Mm. Let's finish. Let's finish and make room for the coming service. Anyway, our father brought us in, drew us clothes, gave us purpose, and shows us of says, By grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. The grace is not yours, even the faith is not yours. Faith is a positive response to what God has done by grace. He has saved. He says, by grace you have been saved. That saved is not just forgiveness. It's also healing, prosperity, deliverance, wholeness. Every good thing in Christ comes with the word sozo. So he says, by grace you've been saved through faith. By grace you receive deliverance through faith. By grace you receive healing through faith. You don't need to pay for your healing. You don't need to pay for your deliverance. You don't need to pay for your prosperity. What do you need to do? To receive it through faith. Faith is your positive response to what God has done by grace, which is undeserved and and, unmerited favor. So when we respond to that grace by faith, we experience salvation. Amen. He says in Philemon verse 6 that the communication of your faith or the living out of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Are you acknowledging those things? You need to go around talking about all the good things which are in Christ Jesus. I am healed. I am blessed. I'm the righteousness of God. I'm redeemed. Justified. I'm new. Uh, I'm walking by faith and not by sight. Each day that's my new You walk according to your identity. You see it. You say it, and then you walk it. You see it, you say it, and you walk it. You see it, you say it, you walk it. Mm, fearfully and wonderfully made. You see it, you say it, you walk it. Don't listen to the mirror. Rebuke that mirror in the name of Jesus. The mirror is not supposed to have an opinion. Ha, ha, ha. Woo! Come on! I'm preaching better than you're listening. I am rich. Don't listen to your wallet. Your wallet's opinion is temporary. But the truth is permanent. 
Yes. You have a pedigree in the spiritual realm which you have yet tapped into. Healed, prosperous, powerful, anointed. Wow! The devil sees you and runs in the opposite direction, exactly like Jesus. Okay. Mm. Mm. Do you believe these things? Do you believe these things? By grace we've been saved. So, so, let's finish with this one. He says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. My God. Do you know the Greek rendering of that workmanship is like work of poetry? Masterpiece. Just imagine... Um, a, a super incredible artist working on that masterpiece. That's you. In Christ. To people out here, they may think you're ordinary. In Christ, you are a masterpiece. You are a work of art. You are like poetry. Carefully, you see poetry is different from prose. Yeah. Poetry thinks we gamble be take a car. Tomorrow the we gamble. Uh uh. Be rhyming. Be one more way. Be rhyming. Ay 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 ay. Everything is okay. That's you. That's you. The way God is working on you. The way God is working in you. He's organizing you. Eh? He says uh, for good works, which God what prepared. He and I God. Look, he first prepares the good works. Now take a car. Huh? I don't know what good works you're involved in. Maybe business, ministry, church, whatever. By the way, don't think about only spiritual things. Huh? Could be a, a ministry like this. God prepared long ago. There will be worship harvest. Then I will do this and I will do this. Then, then he picks. <laughs> Some of us says, come, come. Can I say this? Then you say. Okay, keep quiet. Then you keep quiet. Then, then, then he makes you look good. And people start saying, man of God. You know not. You know not. Ask my wife. You know not. God prepared. And he brings you along. He says, cut now. Let's do something with this one. He says, I want to do this one billion dollar business. He looks around and says, you come. This is the idea. Write it down. Call this, call so and so, call and so, so. Form this board. Talk to these people. Then stuff starts happening. Then people, you start appearing in the newspapers. Hmm? And CEO of the year. <laughs> God prepared. For you, you're just there to walk in them. It says, put here your foot, you put. Walk here. Now stop. Turn around. You're walking in what you already prepared, and people are there clapping for you. That's true. 
of the Bible that works for you is when you believe. <laughs> Some people only believe the parts where they are being beaten. You know that verse where God told one of those kings, I will go across the river and borrow a razor and I will come and cut off the hairs of your leg. It's in the Bible. It's in the, go and check it out. It's in Isaiah. It says, I will come and shave off the hairs of your leg. Can you imagine when God... Oh, <laughs> can you imagine you're there and God sends you such a word? I'm going to go across the river and borrow a razor and I'm going to come and cut off the hairs of your leg. My friend, you'd better wake up immediately. <laughs> like some people, that's the stuff they like. They like to be in a constant state of scaredness about God. I'm not one of those. For me, I'm in a constant state of <sighs> wonder of God, are you serious? Like, you know, Kakdi would put it like, seriously? <laughs> but God, amen. Are you blessed? Let's have some two comments or questions. And so when Mose mentioned workmanship, um, one, I'm reminded of a, uh, of a scripture in uh, Exodus chapter 30, I think, when God was preparing the people who he will build the temple. And you look at the gifts that he was endowing them. But then the thing that came to mind is I was watching a video recently about one of the world's most expensive watches. It is done by a craftsman, and, it's only, and, and that skill is only passed down to his children. Why it made news is that for the first time, he was passing it down to someone who's not his child. They make only 12 watches a year. That's one a month. It's over $500,000 each watch. And that watch is so accurate, it loses only one second in a thousand years. They spend one whole month putting that watch together. If you are to buy one, you have to get on a list. So when, when, when God says that you are his workmanship, now imagine the creator of heaven taking that time and detail. All that concern is towards you. Amen. Wow. Wow. Someone else. For our guests here, by the way, we respond to the someone. Come on. Have you been blessed? Do you want to talk about it or not? Amen. Amen. Do you feel the love? Someone here, God wants you to know you're forgiven. Real, real forgiven. Not like until the next time. No. You're forgiven. You need to receive that. You need to walk in it. Stop condemning yourself. Don't let the devil steal your future through self-condemnation. Whatever failed, it failed. You can't change the past. You can't change it. It, it didn't work. You're forgiven. Amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.